He's a Timothy Dalton of, of Arsenal. Arsenal awesome managers. managers. Yeah. Making We're, Fenger, Roger Moore, yes. George Grange, John Connery, obviously. All fits uh, together. Yeah, yeah. It does fit together. It really does. <laughs> this is great. We've got a show. We finally got a show. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation of Morocco. People's lives are at risk. Oli Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take it as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, have a bad shave. Hello, comrades, and you're very welcome to the football spin. Tuesday night football spin. Noradine Chowdhury is here. Dion Fanning is here. Paddy McKenna. Later on, we'll be joined by Matt Stanger. We're going to be talking to him about exotic and faraway lands, uh, Azerbaijan and Roy Keane. That's to come. We'll also be talking about Arsenal and everything that's going on there as they head into their game against Norwich tomorrow night. We'll hopefully get to a few other bits and pieces, but let's start with a resurgent Manchester United as they crush Brighton and Hove Albion. Naz Chowdhury, that's, you know, Mason Greenwood. Bruno Fernandes, Oli's back at the wheel, Nas. I mean, how can you not be singing the praise of this Manchester United team? We're absolutely purring, mate. Forget forget everything I said on the weekend. Absolutely purring. <laughs> <laughs> did did you know? Did you know if the if the season started in January, United would have won the league? What? That's um, that's. That, I mean, I've made that up off the top of my head, but it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's it sounds right. It sounds right tonight. It's, it's so uh, plausible. It really is. It's like, it's like, okay, hold on a second. There's something wrong with Apple. I don't know what it is, but but it's too plausible to shoot down. <laughs> no, no. We, we, United were United were very impressive tonight. Um, I mean, but th- this is the thing. Like, like when United turn it on, they turn it on. Um, there was there was moments in that game that properly felt like old school United. Um, I'm I'm still not going to get excited because I've got excited excited in the past and I've got hurt, so I'm not I'm not willing to sort of invest my my, my love yet. But um, like especially like I know it's been said by a lot of people already, but that 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 a counter attacking goal uh, was pretty class. Um, and Matic's pass was ridiculous. Sorry, Matic's pass, which is kind of like yeah. Beautiful part of that goal was maybe it was well it wouldn't be there without Matic's incredible like lurch lurching sideways pass across the field raking pass no he he occasionally does that like like he's he's actually been brilliant um since the restart and uh he's he, he's he's obviously known as a very sort of uh solid angular player but like he's he, he's technically he, he can really surprise you sometimes but um no i thought it was good i think i think greenwood was again impressive um he's uh as well as his goals and and the fact he's two-footed and he's got so much going for him i mean even even he's he's got a lot to fill out but he he's he, he looks like he's gonna he's gonna have a good sort of um physique as well but like it's it's the it's his um awareness as well like he's he's not just a he's not just a uh a Robbie Fowler or, or or a Michael Owen that just that just snuffs out goals. It's the it's the fact that he's got good awareness. It, like his, for instance, his pass to to Fernandez that was, that was just him seeing that the far post was overloaded and and sort of pushing it a bit further than he normally would. Um, so no, it's it's really positive. It, it's I'm I'm still slightly concerned that um, beyond the surface of, of of a very good looking first team at the moment, there's there's a little bit of lack of quality beyond that. Um, 
And like any any team that's looking to improve, you always talk about incremental improvements that can be made. And whereas the likes of City and Liverpool have got smaller increments to improve, United still have got decent increments that they could sort of uh, improve in particular areas as well, uh, like like left back and 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 a few other areas and and perhaps midfield. But uh, but no, really good stuff. Yeah, I think Greenwood is. Um... An exceptional looking player. I like. I know what you mean about he, he's not just a goal scorer. But he does remind me of of Robbie Fowler. I think it is that kind of precision he has the way. And I think Fowler, uh, he, he because he scored so many goals. Um, his ability to kind of his ability on 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 the ball was sort of overlooked a bit. But I think he could probably pick out a pass and he could do those things. But there is that similarity as well. Then and, and and then that kind of dead eyed finish he has that it, that's just that innate kind of thing of, of just, you know, the ball, you, you, he's got the ball and next thing it, it, it's hitting the side netting inside, you know, and it's a goal. And that's a, that's a, that's a real, um, that's a real differential, differential between, you know, you know, the real, like top quality goal scorers and, and the rest. So I do think it does look um, encouraging for Manchester United Whilst still uh, not taking back anything I said two days ago um, about none of this really mattering and uh, why it'll all end in tears for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I was thinking about it during the game, Dion. Like, I mean, can this all continue? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. We're 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 here because uh, Manchester United. We're here debating whether Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is going to be the is the right manager for Manchester United because uh, in when Jose Mourinho left in in the sort of we 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 all remember the giddy scenes we remember the ridiculously giddy scenes then you know uh, uh, um, Gary Neville and the statue Rio Ferdinand and the contract all this stuff we remember all that and it is kind of an it is a sort of uh, an example of where Manchester United have ended up in recent years that it doesn't take much for huge excitement to build, and that's what happened then. Where you know it's like Ollie's a man, give him do whatever he wants, give it to him, and then there was this slow dawning, just everybody realizing, no, this is. Those doubts, like, can he really be? Can he really be this good? Can he really be this this guy who was at Cardiff? And you know, this this is this this man really the manager that we were looking for? And then as as you know, the, he got the, he's you know he was no longer caretaker manager; he was a full time manager. And I was like, yeah, maybe we should have maybe a little bit of patience. Now there's nothing to lose in getting excited now, and the young players Manchester United have are worth getting excited about. But there's still a long, there's still a long way to go, and there's still, uh, without sounding uh, very Roy Keane-ish, we're talking about um, a fight to finish in the top four. We're not even talking about, you know, winning the league. I, I, but I, I do think, I do think one thing's worth pointing out is that, uh, and and you get it loads, especially on social media, is is that like you'll get you'll get fans quite giddy that the team's doing well. And then you'll get the fucking celebration police that are saying, "Oh well, it's only it's only Brighton or whatever." Like, but but the thing the, the thing the thing with United 
is yeah, it was Brighton, which is exactly this kind of team that United usually struggle against. I mean, under Solskjaer, one one pattern that that we found is is he tends to, to to do better against the bigger sides because they come on to United and United can play on the counter attack. Whereas it's it's against the likes of Bournemouth, it's against the likes of of, of Norwich or. Or, or Brighton, where it's a case of um, they they can sit back and and kind of say to United, well, what have you got? Um, and suddenly it's it's starting to feel as if because because if you look at the running, United's running on paper looks pretty pretty handy or easier than than their rivals, but it would it was exactly the kind of running that United were usually struggling. But now now with with Bruno Fernandes with with Pogba Pogba Pogba's interesting because he seems happy enough to. Play second fiddle in a way to to Fernandez, which is which is interesting and it and it sort of um, it sort of uh, doesn't really fit into the this idea that he's got a massive ego. Um, suddenly you've got two two players there that that do have that creativity that that United haven't had for ages. Yeah, but Naz, we'll take it that United are going to finish in the top four. Um, you can book the top four open top bus. I think with the fact that Leicester are in free fall, and you know they're going to play Everton tomorrow night. It's not going to go great for them at Goodison Park. Uh, Car- a resurgent Everton, resurgent Carlo Angelotti. A lot of resurgence on the show tonight. You were calling for the signing of about seven or eight players earlier on. Gary Lineker called out your nonsense. I didn't follow it through. I don't know where it went after that. Maybe you could fill us in. But do you want Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to be the man? That, the United fans want him to be the man that makes all those signings. That'll set you in a pattern um, for the next three or four Are years. you happy for Ed Woodward to do it? Well, well, I mean, it's it's interesting. Like you're right that that Lineker did uh, did barge in. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he went in two footed like he'd never do when he was a player, um, and just said nonsense. But I mean, a, a, I was exaggerating a little bit because the point I was making was that striker, uh, like the striker position, probably isn't the the the, the prime sort of uh, thing we should be looking at. There's the other there's other parts parts of the team that need uh, improving first, but. Um, it's also like I find it slightly amusing because considering the amount of nonsense that I talk about every club, um, Mr. Lineker seems to have an issue when I mention anything against United, and that might have something to do with, with him being pals with Ed Woodward. So, uh, so yeah. Um, anyway, oh, getting, uh, it's getting a little salty here, Mr. I mean, I think I better leave. It. I, I prefer not to speak. If I speak, <laughs> I'm, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> um. Okay, uh, let's move on to Arsenal because there's lots to get through this evening. And uh, Arsenal play Norwich tomorrow evening. Um, Arsenal having a very interesting return to action. Uh, they did all right at the weekend. They got through. They're into the FA Cup semi-final. Um, but lots of question marks still over the future of Mesut Ozil and Matteo Ganduzi. Dion, how do you see how do you see the Arsenal situation shaping up at the minute? Uh terribly um it's you know like again whatever they did in the FA Cup is is kind of irrelevant uh it's it's how they've been it's like um it's how they've returned like the the one the, the great like there's been so many attempts like as we've come out of you know uh you know coronavirus to kind of say let's try and get back to normal let's imagine to imagine the world, like, you know, let's go to, like in Ireland now. People are going to the pub. It's a terrible idea, um, uh, but people are going to pubs. They're all trying to do these things. Let's kind of you know get back to normal or 
try and live our lives again or you know can we we do this we can you know it's nice we can all meet we can meet relatives you know grandparents can see their kids all these things that we took for granted we took for granted for so long and then they were all snatched away from us but the thing that has made us feel like that the world one day will be back to normal is the emergence from lockdown of arsenal completely unchanged the arsenal as pathetic as uh easy as as so quick to cave um and just relentlessly uh in pursuit of kind of excuses for what what's going wrong and that is the arsenal that that has become, has become so familiar for so long and it's the arsenal that has emerged um since lockdown uh and you know they've lost they lost at brighton they lost at manchester city um and now they've got you know a game against norwich which should um should be okay for them but uh it is the the it like there's a lot of questions now about <clears throat> not a lot of questions about arteta because he seems you know he's done an awful lot of stuff he's making he, he said an awful lot of the right things he's uh um he's very good at giving that kind of uh steely steely press conference after a game which suggests he's not happy he's he's going to he's going to get better at doing that because he's going to be doing that one a lot um but there you know there are huge huge problems at arsenal which kind of go right back you know the 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 decay that set in under wenger and the failure to address that decay is in a way that's kind of similar to manchester united in a certain sense in that uh there seemed to be no planning for a world outside wenger and yet and like the diff but the key difference being that that planning should have begun with Wenger about five years at least before it did happen, uh, as in, you know, they should have been trying to ease him out at that stage, um, and and they're paying the price in a way when you know are paying a price for it now. Um, Nas, it's uh, is it, it it does look to be the soap opera that Dion describes. I mean, in terms of like the future for Arsenal, does like I'm wondering like. What kind of manager is Arteta? Like, I'm trying to get a handle on him. We don't know much about him as a manager because he never managed at the top level before. He's obviously been number two to Pep Guardiola. And and what he's saying about Ozil and Guendouzi, still not still not clear if he's a disciplinarian and he's going to kick them out. Like, say, Ferguson would have kicked out Yapstam. You know he's a good footballer, but maybe other things are problematic. Or whether he's just going to kind of, like, try and gloss over and bring them with him. Um. I think I think that he Arteta is in a difficult situation because I think if it was up to him he'd get rid of certain players um if Arsenal had the budget of ne- never mind never mind Chelsea or City or or United if if uh, if they had the budget of say a Liverpool or even at Everton now um I think that he'd get rid of certain players um and the remainder of the season um Play the youth players because because he's he's got like he has got exciting young players that he can bring in. Um, the problem with Arteta is that I don't know what kind of club he's managing because because the, the the signs the signs with Arteta that that he's got something about him. He he does want to lay down the law. He's he's willing to be brave to a certain extent within the constraints of his job. Um, he's 
the one one thing he's got over um, his predecessor is that he's incredibly handsome, and and I've got this theory that incredibly handsome managers who look good with a furrowed brow get longer. But that's that's <laughs> that, that, that's another conversation. Um, but in terms of Arsenal, why is it another conversation? Let's make yeah, it this well, conversation. Well, like, whatever you're going to say next well, isn't going to be as interesting. It's not, not, not going to. Well, I mean, he 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 does look like he's about to sort of break into your house. I mean, obviously, like. 80s, 80s uh, adverts probably are, are, are slightly uh, dodgy these days, but somebody who'd break into your house sort of wearing a, a black turtleneck and leave, leave a box of chocolates on your, on your bedside. Uh, that's, Is it, yeah. He has got something about him. He, 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 he's like, um, he's, he, he's like a, a late 80s, early 90s James Bond. He was a Welsh fella. Timothy Dalton. Uh, Timothy Dalton, yeah. He's, he's the Timothy. He's the, he's the Timothy Dalton of of Arsenal. Of, Arsenal, managers, Arsenal managers, yeah. Making We're, Fenger is Roger Moore. Yes. George Grange, John Connery, obviously. All fits uh, together. Yeah, yeah. It, together. it really does. <laughs> this is great. We've got a show. We finally got a show. <laughs> just, just took us sixteen minutes. We just well, needed we, to hit that sweet spot. Just did. Yeah, yeah. Finally, <laughs> it all makes sense. <laughs> But no, like the thing with Arsenal is that I, is that I don't because because the worry with Arsenal is it's like a lot of players could Arteta go on to become a better manager after he's left Arsenal because of the situation in the same way uh, some players because the thing is under Wenger when at his best he knew when to get rid of players now Arsenal get rid of players because they're coming to the end of the contracts and they either want to leave or they can get a better, better deal elsewhere. The management of the club doesn't look great. Um, in terms of Arsenal, if you if you look back at sort of where Liverpool were, and if you if you if you map that onto Arsenal, and you kind of think, well, can, can Arsenal be the Liverpool of the future? I can't see it at the moment because it's almost like they have tried to replicate it because they've almost got this committed this transfer committee, but it needs to be as good as as Liverpool's, and and it's got it's got that spectre of a uh, again another Bond reference. They've got a spectre. Of uh, of Kierjurabchin there, um, and and his close relationship with Edu, and like uh, the fact that uh, Cedric Suarez and um, David Luiz are like his his sort of clients. It's it, 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 there's something about it that doesn't feel right, and and it, and you kind of wonder that sort of with the limited resources that they've got, they need to get everything right, and 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 if you've got certain individuals who are doing things that are more beneficial to their own clients or, or their own players or, or and they're not exactly going in the same direction as, as the manager you, you kind of worry Unai Emery is George Lazenby <laughs> that's good I, did, I, I, I like the way you ignored everything that I said with my serious analysis and you were, you were thinking who could Emery be <laughs> Well, I, yeah, basically. Now, I'm going to go back to your series. But I just read, I was just looking up George Lazenby there. And uh, according to Wikipedia, uh, his, uh, been, he was offered Bond for seven movies, but his agent, Ronan O'Rahilly, uh which is just that sounds made up. This is, this is not right. This is, like, this, is, this is not a correct. Anyway, Ronan O'Rahilly. Convinced him that the secret agent would be archaic in the liberated 1970s, and as a result, he left the series after the release of her on Her Majesty's Secret Service. That agent sounds like a Simpson character. Like they, they need an Irish person, and what can we call it? Like Ronan Inter- but, but interestingly, going back full circle, 
the reason why Lazenby was 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 brought in to be like you talk about Arteta not having that quite the managerial experience, but but sort of having the right look and having the right sort of a uh, profile to be Arsenal manager. Lazenby wasn't brought in because he was a great actor. I don't even think he was an actor. I think he was a model, and they got him in because he looked like a Bond rather than he was right. a Bond. This so there's lessons to be learned so there. Well, yeah, this is yeah. very good. Um, no, I think it's, I think what you're saying. If Ronan, he also set up Radio Caroline, Ronan O'Halley. Um, anyway, uh, get off Wikipedia. <laughs> um, that, that's interesting. Uh, I think no, I think what you're saying about Arsenal are stuck because they are. Like, there is this, there is this terrible thing that happens. Well, it's just a n- normal thing. But once somebody is successful, you saw with Spain, uh, you see, you saw with France previously. You saw with Barcelona. Uh, the way clubs, everybody tries to emulate what they consider to be the successful way, and uh, Arsenal are doing. You know, there's Liverpool now because of what they've done, and with the transfer committee, and the again, it comes down to kind of the intelligence of the people in those positions rather than the positions themselves. Like you can create a transfer committee, you can create a manager working with a transfer committee, but if you don't have the people like Michael Edwards and Klopp and others. Uh, it's not going to work, and this is Arsenal's problem now that they're, you know, they are trying to do something different. But when you look back in the, and you look back in the managers that were available at certain times, you know, Guardiola was available at, at a certain stage when Arsenal might have been a big club. Klopp was available when Arsenal might have been a club that would attract a manager like that. Uh, and you know, and the thing about Klopp is he was. He was kind of gettable for clubs because there were other clubs looking at him going, uh, no, we're not, you know, clubs weren't sure about Klopp. So he was there uh, for clubs like for, like Arsenal. Um, but they because they, they, they waited so long um, for Wenger to kind of finally, you know, they, they just allowed Wenger to have uh, that final farewell season for about eight seasons in a row, um, which was just the same season, and 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 even at at that, it sort of they didn't seem to have really uh, considered what they were going to do when he left, and you know, and like by like again, they seemed to be ready to give give Arteta the job, and then they changed their mind and went for Emery, and now they're back to Arteta. And it's um, like th- there is an awful lot of work there to you know to actually get something cohesive and get something that actually uh, delivers. Right. Uh, let's move on to uh, yeah, Danny Murphy, who has chosen a very strange hill to die upon. Let's have a listen. Do you think Aguero's going? Oh, well, play for me. Now you're a top player. I think the world of you. Yeah. I know he's injured Aguero. I'm using that as an example. Yeah. Aguero's thinking, do I have to really clap these? Like Jesus. And and De Bruyne is clapping midfielders who can't lace his boot. Uh, he he'll definitely want us to point out Danny Murphy that he has since apologised for this um, egregious statement about um, the nature of what do you call them when you clap them on again? Guards of honour, yeah, guards of honour. On the basis, particularly Dion, that one line about lacing players' boots. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne, the best midfielder in the world, and some of the some of the players in the Liverpool squad not being fit to lace his boots. Um, was he right to make a, his uh, heartfelt apology? <laughs> was he right? Was he right to make? Um, he could be yeah, fine for him to make his apology. Uh, um, I just think it, it, 
And maybe we're contributing to it here. It's one of those things that um, I don't think Danny Murphy needed to take as seriously as he took as he took it. Um, like he's one of his points seemed to be that the players weren't enjoying it. Um, and uh, uh, like I don't think that's um, like that's not really like the point. Like the point, in, like they're not meant to be doing it for their enjoyment now. Uh, it's uh, like you know, it's it's a it's it's one of these it's one of these um, practices. I was going to call it a tradition, but it's not like it's one of these practices that's kind of evolved. And now you can actually see you can see how it will at some stage become. Uh, you know, there there is uh, it will become some sort of uh, battle in the culture war at some stage. There'll be a, somebody will somebody will decide to scrap a guard of honor. And like the male or something will go crazy saying, don't let, you know, how dare he try and scrap our guard of honor. And uh, this guard of honor dates all the way back to 2012. And uh, um, so like, I think like in some ways, this is almost like the first skirmishes in, uh, in, in some kind of, you know, uh, um, battle to take, to take the, uh, the guard of honor way more seriously than anyone should really take it. Um, I do think as well that you know clearly it was uh, a dumb thing to say about about Liverpool's midfielders. Although, given that Klopp might actually uh, pick, you know, I don't know what team he'll pick to play. Maybe maybe he'll pick the strongest team. He doesn't have anything else to rest them for. But uh, he could send out you know players like Adam Lallana uh, at at the Etihad, and maybe then. Um, De Bruyne would be looking, and you would be saying, "Right, what are, what, what am I clapping these people on for?" But that's it. Kind of miss. It also does miss the kind of very nature, like the very point about sport. Like it's not that you're, you know, why you're meant to applaud people who succeed. It's not just a question of I'm better than you. I can never acknowledge what you've achieved. It's not. It's not. I don't. I don't see it as for the players. Like I see it for the fans. Like it's. It's a humiliation. Like it's nothing to do. Like it's. It's everyone's massively reluctant about it. No one wants to do it. You can see. Every player who's who's there clapping has got a face like a slapped arse. It's it, it's it's a little bit like bullseye. Like here's what you could have won, and then like it's 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 purely for the fans. It, it's 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 less a it's it's less a guard of honor. It's more like a tunnel of banter where like like the fans can just like like take snaps of like the shittest of their players getting clapped by the best of the opposition. Like in in two thousand and seven, Chelsea gave one to United. Fergie, I don't know if he did this on purpose. He he rested all the players and he put all the sort of uh, stiffs in. So you had like you had like uh, John Terry, Makalela, um, Essien, like and and they were clapping like Dong Fang Zhu and Chris Eagles and I think Gabriel Ense was the was the captain. Like that that's what it's for. That's what you want. You don't you don't want like you don't want these great gladiators coming out. You want the reserves and like the the players that have barely managed enough games to get to get a medal. Oh, I've forgotten about that. That was so good. <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking at a picture of that now, and like the best thing about it is Graham Paul applauding Chris Eagles. <laughs> that is the voice of Matt Stanger. I he's should just char- say he's just charging. He's, just, in. he's, uh, he's uh, Joe's he's Matt crashed. Stanger. It's like a Zoom call. It's like you know, you know, he's, he's just he's just crashed the Zoom call. 
Matt Steiner is here because we're going to talk about the fact that Roy Keane is in the running. In the running, that's the best part for the Azerbaijan job, right? Um, no, it's more than that. He's he's apparently in talks, according to the Sun, with Azerbaijan in a well, it's fair to say a surprise, um, potentially a surprise return to management. Matt, we have you. You're our Azerbaijan correspondent because you've been there recently. Tell us about your trip to Azerbaijan and what. Roy Keane could look forward to were he to become the national team manager. Uh, evening, gents. Yeah, it's uh, nearly two a.m. here in Baku, <laughs> so pleasure to stay up to be with you. Um, I don't know. This is the sort of career twist I never expected, really, to be an Azerbaijan correspondent. Definitely not when I was there for just a couple of days last year. But I went over for the Europa League final, um, another match at Arsenal and Preston, and. Yeah, I mean, like the initial impressions really of Baku like leave you quite cold. Uh, like the first thing I sort of noticed, obviously arriving there, were just that enormous sort of towering, nondescript Soviet architecture. Um, all of that luxury boutiques as well. The the uh, apartment block we stayed in, there was a, a Lamborghini shop on the street level. So just like you pop out to town, pick up a supercar while you're out as well. Um, but like the more the more time we spent there, um, I mean, it did sort of grow on you. Baku is a city; like the people were really warm. Has a lovely waterfront, um, some fancy light displays, all the sorts of things that I can see Roy Keane really taking to if, if he joins uh, the national team there. So, yeah, it'd be interesting if if he goes there, but I'm not sure it's it's a realistic option for him, is it? It's, it's well, if he wants to get back into management, management, it might be the option he has to take. Like it isn't uh he isn't being knocked over with um with opportunities. It's interesting that Tony Adams did manage in Azerbaijan as well. So uh I don't know if there's any connection there, but um I don't think it's uh I, I like it it is it is a shock. It's, I don't think it's a shock move. It's just it's just a kind of it just is a reminder that um there isn't really much else. Where, where else for where else will Keane go if he is going to get back into management? I've I've got, I've got I've got a question for uh, Matt. Um, what was what was the wasn't there a Spanish team that had Land of Fire on the shirts? So let it go, wasn't it? Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Like like, why is it called Land of Fire? That is a good question. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> You're buying no, time. Right. I don't remember seeing any um, open flames while I was there. Uh, so yeah, I'm not sure now. This isn't going well. This audition to be no. a correspondent. You literally had one job. <laughs> you had to just Google Land of Fire. You're too busy just you know googling James Bonds as well. The, re- the, re- the reason why I've actually been called on for this was um, because I mentioned some food that sounds entirely implausible um but probably the one overriding memory i have of, of the stay was we went out for this meal on i think it was the first night it was uh we had a we had a chauffeur which which makes me sound like a, a terrible prick but uh we had a chauffeur while we were there and he took us out for for dinner and uh we had this grilled fish with orange slices and red currant jam which like just really doesn't sound like it should work but it was just delicious really so um, so yeah, <laughs> I can see Roy Keane eating that. But you you won it back. You lost us with the land of fire, but now you now with that knowledge, that food knowledge, you brought us back. 
this this is just a long con for if you ever go to Baku, just to see if you'll order it, and then they'll be like, "What the hell? We don't." We don't <laughs> Orange is on fish. <laughs> Biggest KFC in the world, Matt. You didn't make it as far as uh, Baku's claim to fame, did you? No, we tried to get there actually, but um, yeah, my geography isn't too good, so we spent a lot of time looking looking for the the biggest KFC in the world. Um, not, I'm sure not many people can say that they couldn't actually find the biggest KFC in the world. Um, your chauffeur, your chauffeur couldn't take you there. No, no, he wasn't actually the best at directions. This chauffeur, I mean, we spent a lot of time in traffic while we were there, but uh, but he had a good story actually. Cause we we went to the the final then. And obviously this final is sort of infamous for only being half full and all of the fans not being able to, to travel there and, and everything else. And, um, and the the chauffeur, he'd never actually been to a football match before, so didn't really have any interest in it. He, he dropped us off outside a few hours beforehand. Uh, we went in for the game and he just waited for us outside. So we, we came back to the, the car. And he he was like, good game, good game. Uh, you know, we were like, yeah, yeah, it was good. And he was like, yeah, yeah. I uh, I went. And, and like, we thought he'd just sat outside and listened on the radio. But it turned out that, like, the, the some some, uh, some stewards or someone from, from the, the match uh, had gone out to the car park where loads of chauffeurs and bus drivers and everyone else had been waiting. So it was quite far out of the stadium. They just handed out tickets to try and get more people into the stadium. So he got to see his first ever match, a Europa League final. Uh, I think he chose Arsenal as well, so terrible choice of team for that game. My 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 first thought was that was that Keane will enjoy the, the Soviet blocks, but not so much the Lamborghini shops. I think I, I think he'll bristle at that. But yeah, um, definitely, yeah. you can see him just sort of turning his nose up at Lamborghini and Gucci shops and things like that. <laughs> going going for a larder. Well, that's the thing. Although he does, you know, it's the kind of thing he would be sort of contrary about, and he would uh, kind of insist that you know, actually, he's fine with people, you know, spending their money on Lamborghinis and uh, and that kind of thing. Like, what was his line in the interview he had in the Sunday Independent at the weekend about uh, haircuts? The uh, you know, the one he said something like, um, "Uh, uh." Does it ever wind you up when you see him? When you, he was asked about Pogba, and does it ever wind you up when you see him seeming to be more interested in his latest hairstyle uh, and football matters? And Roy just again was just like, you know, I'm not, you know, you've got me wrong. He said, I was in the dressing room with players like Pogba. There were players at Man United who were interested in their hair. <laughs> he's, is, a, he, he's, he's also a contradiction in, in that he's, he's, he's obviously determined to be like the best player. He can be, and sort of, he was big on fitness and professionalism. But like, didn't he give up smoking when he was eleven years old or something? He said that, yeah, he said that uh, at the weekend that he'd he'd uh, quit smoking it when he was uh, when he was eleven. Which again, you know, so it's like if you've decided to quit smoking at eleven, it says uh, it says it tells you something. But uh, you know, but he did it because he wanted to be a footballer. So uh, can't argue with that. <laughs> I was I was reading one of the newspaper reports about him being linked with this job, and uh, it, it referred to him as the fiery TV pundit. Oh no! Short That's damning. So yeah, it summed up what you were saying, Dion, in a previous podcast uh, after Man United Spurs, where just is this what Roy Keane wants to be remembered by? Just this this chapter of uh, his outbursts on on Sky Sports. 
I know. Well, that's it. Like, and it is. That's what he's becoming. So I think he probably would, if this job was available, he would. He'd have to take it because uh, otherwise he is going to be the fiery TV pundit. Otherwise, he's just a pundit of fire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he should get it. He should just get it. He should go for it. Uh, get the get the whole get the branding done and everything. <laughs> They're just using him, surely, though, aren't they? I mean, he can't be happy with the Aziri FA leaking that he's in the running. Like, yeah, we're considering Roy Keane. We should probably call a night to it, Chas. But before we do, um, we should uh, take a moment to um, remember Luke Garbutt's time at Everton. Everybody know Luke Garbutt? Everybody familiar with his work? Because Don Carlo Ancelotti sure as hell isn't. Uh, he's a manager at Everton, obviously, and Luke Garbutt's been there a long time, albeit on loan at Ipswich in recent times. Um, I, before we play out in this clip, I will say Luke Garbutt has taken this in really good spirits and has been tweeting about it today, having a bit of a laugh about it. And he and Luke Garbutt is actually a very good footballer, um, really good left back, but it just didn't work out for him at Everton. Um, a reporter, though, asked Carlo Ancelotti about the fact that Everton were about to release... Luke Garbutt uh, from the club. Um, I'll play you that in one moment, but first of all, I want to say thank you to Dion Fanning. I want to say thank you to Naz Chowdhury. And I want to say thank you very specially to um, Matt Stanger, our Aziri correspondent tonight. And thank you as well to you for listening. We'll leave you with uh, Carlo Ancelotti on Luke Garbutt. Good luck. I wanted to say anything about Luke Garbutt, who's leaving the club. Uh, he's been there for 11 years. Why, why have you decided to release him? Who? Luke Garbutt. I have sorry, but I am okay. Surprised no on this question. I don't know. All right, no worries. Um...